Number 40. Crazy. Cool. I'm ready. pod peeps welcome welcome this is historical af i'm natalie i'm kina we're a historian and librarian delivering you your funny weird spooky and morbid historical nuggets to your ear holes you're welcome (laughs) you are very welcome and in those ear holes you are receiving more cryptid shit this is episode 40 y'all we have big we've hit the big 4-0 man this is like a very momentous occasion I know TV shows don't even make it to this far. It's true. They usually get canceled. All the good shit. I know. Yay! <laughs> like, you don't know it's good until it's hit cult and there's only 13 episodes. Or, like, Freaks and Geeks. Like, I love that show. One season. Like, Firefly. One season. Oh, yeah. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around. 40 episodes. It seems like a big deal. We should do something big for episode 50. So let us know what that should be. <laughs> yeah, if you have ideas. And again, thank y'all for listening mm-hmm. because y'all still with us, not annoyed by our voices. <laughs> <laughs> We're just very excited. And I know Stacey asked us, how long are you going to do this? I'm like, we will do this as long as you listen. So, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a cool episode. A fun cryptid. It's not one of our. Uh, really dark <laughs> i know we already did morbid and that wasn't actually as bad or did we did we not have we done morbid what do we do oh no i got morbid it's not i mean okay see the thing about it is that it's bad but it might not be real so that is true bad. that is true you know if we have zodiac killer yeah that totally happened yeah <laughs> the like- suttees have have <laughs> scarred me oh my god yes so so oh, bad again. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) And I apologize. I feel like my morbids are, for some reason, like 10 times worse than yours. Yeah, they don't really exist. I feel like I'm cheating, but. Oh, no. Well, I mean, none of this exists. I mean, we literally talked about a bat monster flying out of a (laughs) volcano and a animal that is somehow made out of seven different animals and that's supposed to exist. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. You know, to the people that saw these, I'm sure they are a thousand percent sure that these exist. But, you know, science, I tend to dissuade towards it's a bird. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) An alien one. That was pretty fun. That was also like a throw a bunch of different parts together, then add alien. It's a good time. Oh, yeah, the infield monster. It was three legs. I don't know why three legs. That just sounds crazy. That's <laughs> like a tripod animal. That doesn't exist. Like three legs, two armed, and big pink eyes. I will refrain myself from a dick joke, but just know it's there. Three yeah. legs. Yeah. Well, not even that. It, it just sounds like it looks like a dick. Yeah, I think cryptids are really interesting because a lot of them are kind of like a folk legend. You know, a lot of them go back. Except the chupacabra we just talked about in the mini. I was surprised that was a 90s thing. The way people talk about it, you think it's been around forever. So. I know. It's silly chalupas. It's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like this topic. You want to jump on in? I do. So I think I'm going to start with Morbid. Yeah, let's that get that. That way we can end 
with funny, which my funny starts with a childhood tragedy. Of course it does. It's not really a tragedy. It's just my sister's an asshole. So I'm starting with the story. Love you, Heather. You've met Heather. Yeah, she's an asshole and she knows it, but it's fine. It's fine. Okay, let me make this big because I'm blind. Is Heather the sister that is going to Jew school? Yes. Okay. That we had on our Christmas holiday special. So... I did go on the interwebs and I asked people what the scariest cryptid was. And a lot of them gave me a lot of stuff. And some of them were considered folktales or legends. So I'm actually going to kind of pocket those away. Some of the scarier ones that even I think are creepy. So I'm going to save that for folk because we're going to have that in the near future. But uh, one of the ones somebody gave me was something called a Tick Tick or a Monogal. Is also known as a Wok Wok or an Oswong. That's a lot of names. <laughs> a lot of names. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. So I looked into it and I thought it was pretty cool. It's a vampire-like mythical creature native to the Philippines. It's malevolent, man-eating, and blood-sucking. Perfect. I'm in. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, and some people also call her a witch, so that's why she's my morbid. Woo, let's do this. Okay, so the <laughs> monogle is described as a scary, often hideous woman, of course is a woman, and always capable of severing its upper torso, and then it sprouts huge bat wings and flies into the night in search of victims. So it detaches itself from its lower half. That sounds so painful, and it's... It- it's giving me very, like, Jeepers Creepers visual. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. It gets even creepier. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love that we, y'all, we are doing this at 1020 p.m. <laughs> it is nighttime. And we're talking about Jeeper fucking Creepers. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. Okay. The word Manigal comes from the Tagalog word Tangal, which means to remove or to separate. So in this case... One who separates itself. The name also originates from an expression used for a severed torso. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. You know, a lot of like creepy true crime shit when they talk about just like a random torso being found somewhere. That creeps me out more than. Anyway, so there's a lot of torsos here. Menegals are sometimes referred to as tick tick. And that is the sound it makes while it's flying. Folklore dictates that the fainter the sound, the nearer it is to you. Ooh. So it confuses you. (laughs) That is not how sound travels. No. So it's a way for them to get close to you and you think you're safe and that's when they're the closest. So I find that the scariest part of this whole thing. Maybe it's because they don't need to use their wings as much. Like they can glide more towards you. Do not. Do not like. So there's other <laughs> versions, though, that say that the tick-tick is actually a bird that accompanies the creature, and that's what makes the sound. So there's two different versions of this. Uh, little bird buddy. That's cute. Little bird friend. Yeah. It's also believed that they reside in the jungle by day. They sleep all day by throwing their arms over a branch of a tree, and then they cover their faces with their hair. <laughs> Others, on the other hand, live in isolated huts deep in the woods. And then some even claim that they reside in human communities and even marry men. Legasp. Your wife <laughs> could be a monster. <laughs> That's me in my pajamas. <laughs> With like no makeup on and everything. <laughs> I'm just hiss. 
So I'm like, ugh. Emery and I, we do hiss at each other, and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. On my uh, worst days, Zeke says I'm like the bag lady from the labyrinth. That's a little harsh. I know, he said me. It started because my car, I just throw shit in it. Because I'm like, I'm the only one that's in it. It's fine. Like, you're the little bag lady. Now I'm just like the... I don't know if anybody likes Jenna Marbles, but I think she's hilarious. But she has a song that I have three looks, and one's like Hooker, one's Homeless, and then one's Jim. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I'm either like dolled up, or I'm at the gym, or I just look like a homeless person in sweatpants. It's fine. Totally fine. So, how does one become a blood-sucking witch cannibal? I know you're asking. Yep. That's exactly it. (laughs) (laughs) Back to cannibalism. You're welcome. See, all my morbid is cannibalism. I can't help it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I love that Stacy made that joke, too, in our our mini. I I love that she's like, you know, in cannibalism, like, she knows us. (laughs) She does. (laughs) Yes, you really get us. So, the origin of the Metagall bloodlines varies. One account says that a black chicken resides inside the creature. The chicken must be passed on from one person to another, usually a relative. So, a big no thanks on that. To make it worse, it's passed on by swallowing it. Oh, no. It's a little baby chicken. <laughs> it's like a little baby chick. No, 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 no. So this chicken resides in the stomach. So pit of the stomach. Remember that. Okay. These witches start out as human, but as the chicken is hanging out in the stomach, it starts to devour their entrails. And then in return for eating the entrails, it keeps them alive. So it's some sort of, some sort of symbiotic relationship. That's. I'm so disgusted right now. (laughs) 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 Oh, Once you said entrails, I'm like, oh, that's what I throw up. Uh, because the person is uh, missing all their entrails, they start to crave human flesh. And then they eventually transform into a hideous man-eating creature. Because, of course... My thing is, if you're missing your entrails, why does that make you want to be cannibalistic? <laughs> I don't know. The magical black chicken. <laughs> okay. Okay. Makes sense. Sounds fair. (laughs) Also, all these tales like to really hammer in the point that they're beautiful women during the day. So you have no idea if the person you're married to or hitting on is a hideous man-eating witch at night. So, you know, it's funny if the definition of that hideous man-eating woman is just like a bad mole. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think the tropes of like evil women are hilarious. But yeah, I just... I find it interesting. It's like, oh, it's such a beautiful, innocent woman, but you don't know because she'd be trying to eat you at night. Uh. Mm. So, and another origin involves a ritual. Oh, this is this is the wild one. So, it involves an oil and a egg of the black chicken we mentioned before. So, a person would rub the oil on their skin and recite a chant, and then they have to put the egg in their armpit. And hold it there till it disappears inside their body. Like you <laughs> we need. I need a moment here. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad somebody recommended this because it's so good. Well, I'm also like, okay, I'm also thinking with my body heat, 
That egg is going to be cooked before it's absorbed. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very cold-blooded, so I think I'd be fine. But yeah, it... Mm, uh, but mm, but it's going to your stomach. Do you feel it going? Oh, I don't know. That just, like, it's making my armpit itch, like, just <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm picturing this, and it's not a very good image. I'm, I'm picturing like, the, or- the armpit just going to, and it's gross. Uh, I'm going to give credit where credit's. Angel is the one that recommended this. So thank you, Angel. Yeah, I apparently, well, I did not need this one. This is something. <laughs> but I am, I am grossed and fascinated oh, still, though. Just wait. Great. So, like I mentioned before, they are creatures of deception, which is their biggest weapon. So in the daylight, they're mingling and doing beautiful lady things. And then all of this is a ruse for them to spy on their potential victims. <laughs> Okay. So I imagine it's like, oh, I'm out here and you touch my butt without my consent. And I'm like, bam, you're lured into my trap and you're going to have a painful death at night. So they either lure men into private places and eat them alive. And then they feast on their stomachs, hearts, or livers. Which might be fair. Don't grope people. That's my point. But anyway, so <laughs> if they are not lured into a dark alley and they go into their homes... They figure out where the person lives, and then they hang out on the roof. So, remember that. Okay. So, at night, their body grows giant, enormous back wings. Their teeth get really (laughs) sharp. They get a disgustingly long tongue that does unspeakable things. And then they produce this tiny shrieking sound repeatedly as it separates itself from its lower body. And it, <laughs> the upper body is out there and flying away and shit, but then they have to be like, oh shit, I gotta hide my lower body. So they gotta like hide it and shit. So it said things like fields of banana whatevers and like in their huts. They gotta make sure they can reattach in the morning. So they're up there flying hungry and they're like, oh yeah, I picked out my victims. So then they go and <laughs> hang out on the roof. <laughs> and their favorite is apparently pregnant women, which is unfortunate. So I'm going to paint you a very disturbing picture. <laughs> Great. Like, it hasn't been bad at all. This oh, whole thing. it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's asleep. They wait until everybody's in a very deep sleep. And then our little lady monster makes a small hole in the roof. And then her incredibly long tongue that I mentioned starts to slowly lower into the house until it is touching the pregnant lady's womb. I told you it was unspeakably long. So, it's also very hollow and fine and sharp, so like a needle, which is perfect for doing what it's going to do next. So, using their free long tongue, they suck the fetus from the womb, along with the woman's organs and intestines, which is very rude, but also gross. Sounds like a very high-protein diet. (laughs) So, their tongue is a very (laughs) uh, potent straw. Well, it's like, I guess like an Oregon mosquito. That is the best description. You're welcome. Bravo. <laughs> it does have a weakness, though. So oh. I mentioned that they had to hide the lower torso because that is what is vulnerable. 
So if you sprinkle salt or smeared crushed garlic or ash on top of the torso, which is still standing when they take off, it's just hanging out there, just a torso, all that becomes fatal to the creature. And then the upper torso cannot rejoin itself, and then it perishes at sunrise. Hmm. So it's kind of gargoyle-ish. Yeah, like gargoyle meets vampire, I think, with like the garlic and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, um, and a mosquito. Oh, and a mosquito. <laughs> uh, besides the salt and garlic, they also avoid daggers, sunlight, like we mentioned, vinegar, and the tails of stingrays, which can be fashioned as a whip. They cannot handle stingrays. <laughs> so specific. It's very specific. There <laughs> that's are... how it's real. <laughs> like, that's how we know it's real. <laughs> There's actually people that have encountered this that swear to God that they've seen it. There's a lady called Manolin Gasper who said, quote, when I was pregnant, I saw a tick tick. I sprinkled the entire house with salt and I could see it flying all white and scary. <laughs> I was told by folks in my place that it appeared to other people as well and sometimes takes the form of a dog. That's why all pregnant women in our place are very watchful. So she swears she saw it coming for her and then sprinkled salt and then it went to somebody else. Mm. In 1992, before the Philippine presidential elections, residents of Tondo, Manila, were terror-stricken because rumors of this creature were becoming rampant. Quote, she attacked me. I was lucky I was able to get free. I saw half her body. It was naked. She had long, scraggly hair, long arms, nails, sharp fangs. And that was Martina Santa. And this one actually made, like, a news frenzy. So a group of men... And a television crew, naturally, went to confront a woman named Tercita Baronki, a woman rumored to be the Menegal. So they went to her house, and it was an old lady. She was like, I'm not the Menegal. I'm a victim. And then she showed him her foot, and it was missing some toes. So that was her proof. Being like, it ain't my toes. I'm not it. Blah, blah, blah. So then they made her, like, prodded her with a stingray tail, and she was fine. So like, all right, you're cool. And then that was the end of it, apparently. It wouldn't eat her toes, though. We just talked about this. Like, <laughs> It's true. And this isn't just in the Philippines. There's apparently places all over. There's one in Indonesia, Malaysia. So pretty interesting. And then the last thing I found is that they actually keep another cryptid as a pet, which I had not seen that in any other instance. So there's a thing called a sigbin. It's a creature in the Philippines that is said to come out at night and suck the blood of victims from their shadows. It <laughs> resembles a hornless goat, but has very large ears, which can clap like a pair of hands. <laughs> and a long, flexible tail that can be used as a whip. <laughs> Why like, would it clap? I don't know. Sounds like a good time. In some <laughs> stories, its feet are facing the wrong way, which makes it walk backwards. Which that seems very creepy. Is and it has feet pointing the wrong way too, then? Yeah, I guess so. I yeah. guess so. Because it says his feet, so I'm like, I guess knees too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then its head is lowered between its hind legs. It's just a whole bunch of nope. And exactly. uh, <laughs> that's totally fucked up. Like someone just took a goat and then got Play Doh and just yeah. went. Yes. <laughs> and uh, supposedly it can become invisible to other creatures, especially humans. It is said to emit a nauseating odor, which is believed to issue from its lair. 
And it looks for kids to kill for their hearts, in which they fashion into amulets. Also very specific. It's fine. Years to do this? Like, how, how is it? <laughs> did it even have thumbs? Yeah. Mm, it did not <laughs> specify. <laughs> it's so specific on other things. And then I'm like, how does it do this if it doesn't have thumbs? Yeah. It's a very fair question. So there's speculation that the legend is based on sightings of an actual animal species that is rarely seen. Based on the description of the segment in popular literature, the animal species might be related to the kangaroo. <laughs> With the recent discovery in the island of Borneo of the cat fox, a potential new species of carnivore described as having hind legs that are longer than its front legs, it has been postulated that reported sightings of Sigmund might have actually been the cat fox species. So I guess if it's like front legs were bigger, he might think, or I don't know. So. <laughs> Scientists out there trying to prove something. Still don't make sense. But it's fine. That's, that's it. But I thought it was interesting that our little hideous witch lady had her own little pet. <laughs> it's No, it's all, it's all very interesting. And maybe the goat collects the hearts for the witch to make into trinkets and she gives it to him. Maybe. Maybe. But That'd still, it's just still crazy. I mean, why, why does he clap? Or why <laughs> is that part of the description? I don't. And, uh, and yeah, Oregon Mosquito. Yeah. And the whole egg in the armpit. That one gets me, too. That's funny how that grosses me out probably a lot. Because I can, I can really visualize that, an egg in your armpit. Yeah, what's grosser, though? The egg in the armpit or having to swallow it? Because you had to swallow the chicken, not the egg. So maybe this chicken. The swallowing would be harder. to, But the fact, I don't know, I can picture that. Like, my armpit... Is like itchy almost because like <laughs> like a, like empathetic pains you know if someone's hurting you your knee or whatever it is might hurt a little bit too. That's what I'm feeling right now. My armpit is feeling weird because I'm thinking about it and <laughs> I don't know how to eat a chicken because I guess because I don't eat meat so that doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fucked up. It's all kind of fucked up. Do you not like? Mm-mm, no. At least it does have weaknesses versus an overly powerful beast. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Bright side. <laughs> 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 Gotta have one. <laughs> uh, so what do you got for me? Weird? I, historical. Oh, yeah. My thing, I think it's actually a really cool. I'm very excited about this one. I'm glad it's my last one because it's my favorite, so. Oh, cool. This is cryptids that are real. <gasps> cool. Don't be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that, you know, like, Oregon Mosquito Lady's real, you know, it's not like that. But this is back in a time, think 1800s, where People are just now starting to explore and we now have like maybe the printing press and word is starting to spread. But because traveling is either really expensive or you can't really travel or it's just dangerous. I mean, a lot of people died on a boat crossing the ocean and, you know, yada, yada. But this is things that people are like, well, that's not real, but it actually was because it's unbelievable. Number one, platypus. Okay, yeah, I totally buy that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm like platypus. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I believe that. Because, <laughs> I mean, what is a platypus? It's a Doug Beal kind of beaver thing that ends up laying eggs. It's got, like, otter feet and spurs, and the males are venom. Like, who would believe that? But they are here. They are real. And early European explorers often heard stories from the Amerigenes of this water-dwelling mammal with a duck bill that laid eggs like a bird. But they were treated with great skepticism. And <laughs> few believe that such a preposterous animal bird thing, mammal, could be actually real. But they are. When the first British colony was established in Australia in 1788, the colonists took to calling these strange creatures duck bills. Water moles or duck moles. <laughs> Yet these stories were still largely dismissed as hogwash by naturalists. In 1798, Captain John Hunter was one of the second governor of New South Wales and managed to produce a pelt, which it makes me kind of sad, but he had a pelt of one of these mysterious creatures, which he sent back to Great Britain for examination along with a sketch. There, it was immediately accused by a very skeptical scientific community of being an elaborate hoax. <laughs> so, like, even in front of your face, people didn't believe this. Uh, this journal, be like, I, I swear it's real, guys. This time, it's real. <laughs> They're like, no. no. Nah. Nah. Otters don't have uh, bills. <laughs> And the laying eggs thing, like, it is, it's just kind of a crazy animal. And this general attitude was reflected in the first official scientific description of specimen in 1799 by the English zoologist and keeper of the Department of Natural History of the Modern Curiosities. That is a long-ass title. Of the British Museum. Excuse me. It still was going on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, George Shaw, basically, who was also fairly certain that it was faked. Shaw would write of the carcass in the Journal of Nature's, like, miscellany, and he would write and describe it. And as more travelers happened, eventually it was accepted. More sketches, more pelts, and fishermen. Some people thought they were mermaids at one point. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Aww. <laughs> but this is encrypted. That is real. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Number two is the horned head, long-necked, striped oddity, which oh. is the okapi. Okapi? Oh, a copy? A copy. Thank you. I think I vaguely remember somebody saying that at a zoo once. Okay. A copy? We'll say a copy. If I'm wrong, good. don't email us. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. We, we own our shit, guys. We, we're yeah. aware, well aware. It's one thing when you read these words all the time, but don't hear them. Uh, yeah, I've seen one. I, they have them at the zoo here. Yeah, this is one of those cryptids that turned out to be real. Again, in the late 1800s, European exploration of Africa was already in full swing, and yet there were still many mysteries to be found in the wild places there. And it was there uh, that densely forested interior of the continent that explorers became aware of stories of native tribes in the region and this creature called the Ati or Oapi, which was described as looking somewhat like a cross between a zebra, a donkey, and a giraffe. The oh. creature, which is kind of true, it's like a squatty giraffe. Yeah. It's kind of got a long neck and it's got stripes like a zebra and it's built like a 
like a don. It's got more of the face of a donkey, mm-hmm. and it's built like a miniature giraffe with the zebra stripes. It's crazy. We'll post it. <laughs> Keep a lookout for it. Because at first I'm like, what is this? And then when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I have seen some of these. Probably mm-hmm. in Lion King somewhere. <laughs> The creature was extremely shy and rarely seen, and the first accounts of this creature to come of the dark interior of Africa and the jungles of the Congo. So it was like, ooh, mysterious. <laughs> and in 1871, there were explorers that kind of found, started finding some proof of it, and eventually it became accepted. Like Stanley, that although the animal was extremely shy and rare, they sometimes caught the creatures in pits, which is... Oh, no! Yeah. And it makes me sad of how they found this out, but we'll just keep going. Although the accounts were fascinating, Stanley would find absolutely no physical evidence of the creature. Oh. He would later write uh, in his book of the darkest Africa in 1890, and that is a real book. After the initial reports of the Ati from Stanley in the 1870s, some physical evidence were offered for the creature when an explorer by the name of Wilhelm Junker mm-hmm. sent an oddly striped piece of skin that the locals were in case of the Makapi back home and studied. And when it was quickly dismissed out of hand, there was nothing but a hoax in the myth. So again, more <laughs> evidence right in our face. Uh-huh. Uh, in 1900, the explorer and high commissioner of Uganda, Sir Harry Johnston, engaged on an expedition for the Belgium government into a jungle region of what was then the Belgian Congo. Basically, he was out. He was on a mission to find this thing. He heard tales about it. Johnson came across a few cloven tracks, and the natives claimed that were the creature, but he was unable to see one or gain any other evidence at the time. It was not until he had dropped off at a military garrison called Fort Mabini. On his way back, he came across two bandoliers made of an unusual striped hide, which the lieutenant told him were made from the skin of the Oapi. And which is this animal. It has several names. Emboldened by this find, Johnson acquired two bandoliers and they determinedly went back and are uncharted. And eventually they did find evidence. It's crazy. And I am paraphrasing all because this author from Mysterious Universe, that's what this article is, has paragraphs of history of all this. So I will give you little snippets. So uh, again, I recommend checking this article out when you have time. The next one I'm not going to go super into. I'm just going to tell you what it is, and that is the gorilla. I did not realize the gorilla was a cryptid. Oh, I didn't either. Um, there were reports of mysterious wild men. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I could understand that if you've never seen one before, being like, what is that? And they do. They, they are, you know, they're, they're people-like. Mm-hmm. And... For centuries, local tribes in Africa spoke of the mysterious and primitive man-like creatures inhabiting the wilds that were variously known in native tongues as wild men, ape men, and hairy men, and forest people, along with several other names. And encounters with the beast by people from the outside world were not unheard of. And although long well-known by native tribes, perhaps the earliest account of these creatures by outsiders dates back to 500 B.C. Oh, wow. Super old. That is. Our next one is the giant prehistoric lizard. In other words, the Komodo dragon. Oh, uh, yeah, I could also see how that would freak some people 
like a lot of these I'm like, okay, I get the gorilla one. I'm like, come on. But all right. If it's like a dark jungle and you don't know quite what's back there, mm-hmm. I get it. Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. I'm just going to jump ahead is the miniature hairy hominid. And that is the Bonagazoo. Huh. <laughs> Sorry. I dropped it. <laughs> it's okay. Got to take a little sip. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of that. I think I've seen this in pictures, but I never knew what it was. It kind of looks like a koala bear mixed with a lemur. lemur. <gasps> that sounds adorable. Here, I'll send you a picture real quick. Okay. Yes, I am here for it. So this little fun little nugget is from Indonesia, New Guinea. And the creature they refer to as the Bonagazu which translate to man of the forest, as well as a mombaso, which means the forbidden animal, regarded as a powerful ancestral spirit. The bonagazu is described as looking like a small man, around one and a half to three feet in height, which is covered in black and white fur with a white stomach and black head. The picture we see in the article is sort of brown, but I assume that's just the lighting of it. It's probably darker. Oh, okay. Yeah. They said to climb trees, but mostly prefers the ground, and they will walk on two legs like a human. Oh. I didn't quite understand in the beginning, like, human-like. That does not, it looks like a koala bear. <laughs> and then, But they do actually walk on their hind legs, so, all right, I give you that. And they're said to stand and whistle and wave their hands in greeting when a person approaches. Yes. <laughs> I need to see one. <laughs> oh. And this is another one, again, it's it's all kind of the same. You just, they have travelers and you hear all these stories, but not many sightings mm-hmm. or they're far away. You don't hear them. And again, you just like, that's not real. But of course, eventually things are true. You find out. Yeah. The last animal on our funsy list is the giant squid. Oh, yes. <laughs> Kraken! Release yep. the Kraken! Pretty much. And our image here is basically a giant squid kraken taking down a ship. You know, like you do. Like it does. It does, yeah. Yeah. Since time unremembered mariners and have told and encountering an assortment of terrifying denizens of the deep ranging from sea serpents to mermaids, but few struck fears as the Kraken. The Kraken has a, has been a mixture of myth and ancient times and just all kinds of greatness. And although the stories of giant squid persisted for centuries, they were dismissed by scientists as pure flights of fancy. No more real than mermaids or sea monsters. Even when partial carcasses were washed ashore. I think that's what gets me more than anything. Like, even when you have proof, totally dismissed. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't at least kind of like, maybe we should check this out. But no, they're like, meh, the hoax. <laughs> I would be more willing to believe that now because we have Photoshop and like all this technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then, I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> It was not until the 1840s that open-minded Danish zoologist Jonah Jepetis streams up. There's a... Okay. <laughs> who, had, <laughs> who had spent years painstakingly collecting sightings, reports of giant squids, and was able to get a close-up on the beached specimen and would give it the name... No. 
And yet, (laughs) (laughs) it's like Architulus, Architulus, something like that. Yet, even with (laughs) his official description and report of the carcass, his peers still did not take him seriously. That's wild. They had to have seen an octopus at that time. Yeah, but it's just like the colossal size of it, though. It's just like, no. Because this thing is massive. Mm-hmm. Over the years, more beached giant squid carcasses were found and examined by scientists, in particular two specimens that were washed up in 1870 in Labrador and Newfoundland, and the skepticism eventually evaporated. Now that we know that the giant squid is a real animal that can reach lengths up to 13 meters or 43 feet. Oh, yikes. Yeah, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> That is some scary shit. Forget the mosquito organ lady. Like, <laughs> this shit's <Yeah>. real. <laughs> so, and this is and up. So, 43 feet and up. And is an elusive creature that is rarely seen and lives deep in the remote oceans of the world. We also not know that there is an even larger type of giant squid known as the colossal squid. Oh, God. Which has, highs, which has eyes the size of dinner plates. Oh my what, god. What size dinner plate? Are we talking about like buffet dinner plate or like <laughs> appetizer plate? I'm a little uh, curious about that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like buffet. <laughs> <laughs> and get to more than 14 meters, which is 46 feet long. Wow. They're more than that. Mm. Nope. Even now in modern times, there is very little known about their behavior and reproductive habits. And basically, we just know bare minimum about this animal. It's like a really, really mysterious creature that we got going. Every single one of them reads like it's just about another cryptid. So I just love this. I love this article because it's it's the cryptids that are real. So the platypus, the gorilla, our squid, and what is it, Bondazoo? Yeah. Komodo dragon. Man. I do think it's really cool because you always see those maps from when the explorers were coming over here. And you always see like little krakens coming out of the <laughs> water and little like sea serpents. Like they were terrified enough that they put them in all the maps. So yeah, that wasn't really. I think somebody got an actual photo of a giant squid. But they're so like they're so far down in the ocean that we can't really get down there. That's what terrifies me about the ocean. Is there's so much shit in there that we don't know. Oh, I'm fascinated. I uh, think I'm more of the opposite. I would. I'd I mean, it's fascinating. I don't want to go down there. <laughs> I would. I actually probably would on that one. Like Megalodon when they all like are down there and the little things like Trump. No, no thanks. I would go to Megalodon if I had Samuel L. Jackson. That's the only, <laughs> the only way I would do it. That is fair. Speaking of water, my last one starts oh, cool. out in water. <laughs> nice. Perfect segue. Love it. Let's go. So it's funny. I thought it was hilarious that some of cryptids are protected by the law. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. So the first one is inspired by my traumatizing childhood because my sister is an asshole. So... <laughs> Let me tell you a story. So I grew up on Norfolk Lake in Arkansas. So I grew up less than a quarter of a mile from the lake. So we were constantly there. And my sister is eight years older than me. So her entertainment was torturing me. 
One time I went to Gulf Shores when I was really little, and she was like, oh, my God, Jaws is going to eat you because he likes kids your age. And I refused to go in the ocean, and I spent the whole vacation making sandcastles underneath the house that we're staying in. So, <laughs> naturally, the next step was to be like, did you hear about the Loch Ness Monster's cousin that lives in Norfolk Lake? And I was like, no. And then she's like, yeah, he eats little kids. So, my whole little tiny human Kina was afraid to go in the lake in the deep parts because I thought that Nessie had a cousin that was going to eat me. <laughs> but <laughs> there are no monsters in Lake Norfolk, but there is one in the river that I grew up next to, the White River. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, the White River goes through most of Arkansas, so it's really interesting. So the White River monster is a long and large creature reportedly spotted off the banks of the White River around Newport, which is northeastern Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Although reported in the press as a monster, it was reportedly very deeply loved by the neighborhood, and all the residents nicknamed it Whitey. (laughs) (laughs) Another fun fact, some believe that the monster actually affected the Civil War, And the river was really key for transportation in the Civil War. And a lot of boats kept on getting overturned. And they couldn't figure out why. So a lot of people blamed Whitey. Okay. So Whitey over there helping the Union. Doing its part. (laughs) (laughs) On July 1st, 1915, a plantation owner reportedly saw a river monster with gray skin as white as a car and three cars long, which I imagine the dude's just really pumped about cars because it's 1915, so that's his only unit of measure at this time. <laughs> you know. And then, of course, a true hillbilly, the whole town folk were like, let's make a net. We're going to catch it. But then they ran out of money and nets, and then they didn't catch it. So, womp womp. <laughs> In 1937, a recreational fisherman noticed that they were having a really hard time catching fish. So, naturally, they're like, it's a fucking river monster. That's the only reason I can't catch a fish. So, (laughs) I guess the only defense is that another plantation owner reportedly saw Whitey again. And they described it this time as having skin of an elephant, four to five feet wide and 12 feet long, with a face of a catfish. And... Quote, they said that it was lolling on the surface of the river. Like any Arkansan would do, dude decided he was going to blow it up because he was afraid it was going to eat his crops. It is a river monster, sir. (laughs) It's not going to eat your crops. But my favorite part of this is that he was denied the necessary permission by local authorities to use TNT to blow up the river monster. So. Well, it's great. Yeah, well, at least somebody's looking out for the little guy, I guess. <laughs> and then this led to a media frenzy, and a lot of people started coming to the area. But unlike most places with these, of course, people that came to Arkansas showed up with guns, machine guns, explosives, and then a few people showed up with cameras. Jesus, Arkansas. <sighs> Despite over 100 confirmed sightings, the hillbillies were unable to catch and or blow up the White River Monster. And then it was spotted again in 1971. They described it then as the size of a boxcar with a bone protruding from its forehead like a unicorn. It's so sweet. 
<laughs> I like this one. It looked as if the thing was peeling all over, but with a smooth type skin and or flesh, said one confused person. <laughs> I don't know how it can be smooth and flaking. It's very contradictory. And they also said it sounded like a cow moo and a horse neigh. So this person's just very confused. <laughs> Other accounts described three toed tracks, 14 inches in length on an island called Toehead. And then it led down to the river and they said there was bent trees and crushed bushes. So they were just swearing it was a river monster. So in 1973, the Arkansas State Legislature, having nothing better to do, signed into a law a bill by Senator Robert Harvey creating the White River Monster Refuge along the White River. <laughs> the area is located between the southern point of the river known as Old Grand Glaze and the northern point of the White River known as the Rosé. It is illegal to harm the monster if it is inside the refuge. <laughs> This makes me laugh so hard. So according to scientists, the White River Monster is likely a case of mistaken identity. Cryptozoologist <laughs> and biologist Sorry. Roy Mackle has suggested that the creature is a clear-cut instance of a known aquatic animal outside its normal habitat or range. So this dude thinks it's actually a male elephant seal that accidentally wandered up the Mississippi River and found its way into the White River. They say that these seals measure up to 5,000 pounds, they're 14 feet in length, and then a male, a male elephant seal has a gray skin, so like an elephant, and the bone protruding from the forehead could actually be the inflatable trunk. So I guess, that's, I mean, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I guess. And then the other one, there was people like, it's obviously a Florida manatee. None of that sounds like a manatee. No. <laughs> I, I don't buy that one. But extra fun fact, the White River Monster is featured in J.K. Rowling's writings as a magical creature in her Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And they use the spines as wand cores by American wizards. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The next one is Champ. So Lake Champlain in the Adirondacks. Oh my god. Adirondacks. That's the word. Adirondacks largest lake providing a perfect playground for boating, fishing, water sports, and lake monsters. <laughs> so for centuries, there has been a legend and alleged sightings of an enormous swimming monster and it has captured the imagination of locals, visitors, and scholars. There's actually scholarly articles on this. So the indigenous people around that area, they hunted around that lake, the Abenaki and the Iroquois, and they have their own legends about it. They actually said it was a large serpent or giant snake. They called it the Jittiscog. And then when the French showed up, they warned them. They're like, don't go in the water. There's a giant thing that's going to eat you. So obviously they ignored that. Samuel Day Champlain, who the name is like named after now, is credited as being the first European to sight Champ. So he described it like this, quote, There is a great abundance of many species of fish. Amongst other is one called by the natives, oh shit, I didn't look this up, Charasau, which is of various lengths. <laughs> but the largest of them, as these tribes have told me, are from 8 to 10 feet long. I have seen some five feet long, which are as big as my thigh, and had a head as long as my two fists, and a snout two feet and a half long, and a double row of very sharp, dangerous teeth, 
Its body has a good deal shape of a pike, but is protected by scales of a silvery gray color and so strong that a dagger could not pierce them. So, why ain't going out there stabbing shit, dude? Oh, that's rude. It's very rude. Uh, The next famous account was a Plattsburgh Republican newspaper on July 24th, 1819. Captain Crumb (laughs) was aboard a ship in the bay and he reported a black monster about 187 feet long holy shit with a head resembling a seahorse that reared more than 15 feet out of the water he claimed that the monster had three teeth eyes of color of a peeled onion a white star on his forehead and a belt of red around its neck a lot of the sources added that this is a lot of detail considering that he was 200 yards away (laughs) probably made up 1873, he was spotted a lot. New York Times reported that a railroad crew had seen the head of an enormous serpent at that time. They said that its scales glistened in the sun. Uh, Clinton County Sheriff Nathan Mooney reported an enormous snake or water serpent. He thought it was 25 to 35 feet long. And then a steamship also said they saw a champ in the water. The ship nearly turned over, according to the tourists on board. And then, of course, with all these spottings, P.T. Barnum actually offered $50,000 in 1873 for the hide of the serpent to add to his World's Fair show. And then I did a, uh, I, d- I didn't do math. I used the internet. That would be $1,059,090 <laughs> in 2018. So over a million dollars. Wow. Today to skin the poor little, poor little champy. In 1945, there was another spotting by the passengers of the SS Ticonderoga that claimed to see the creatures. In 1992, sightings totaled 180, with approximately 600 people claiming to have seen champ all over the lake. So even now, people are still seeing things. <laughs> Sightings prompted interest in the Japanese television shows, the Today Show, NBC's Unsolved Mysteries, etc., etc. They've <laughs> dubbed it the America's Loch Ness Monster. And although many people are skeptical, he's now protected by law on all sides of Lake Champlain, just in case. So in 1981, Port Henry, which is New York, declared the water safe for Champ. In 1982, the state of Vermont passed a House resolution protecting Champ. And in 1983, New York, both the State Assembly and the State Senate passed resolutions to protect the lake monster. Again, he's also celebrated. Whether or not he exists, he has a baseball team named after him. He's mascot. He has a statue. He has a historical marker. (laughs) He has children's books, businesses, (laughs) t-shirts. And then also my favorite is he has his own beer brood called the Heavy Champ. (laughs) and he's on the label and it's really cute (laughs) the next one that's protected by law is bigfoot so you know mike lake a member of the canadian mounted police petitioned the canadian parliament to add bigfoot to its country's species at risk act alongside the whooping crane and the blue whale according to him the reason that there haven't been many bigfoot sightings is that it's endangered <laughs> I'm sorry. Between Sasquatch and the whale, I'm going to pick a whale. <laughs> the Skamania County Board of Commissioners in the state of Washington realized the same thing 
and passed an ordinance in 1969 that set a $10,000 fine and five years in prison for anybody that killed a Bigfoot in the county. I think this person saw Harry and the Hendersons and then made this law. <laughs> and then Which is a good movie. It Hold is on. a really good one. So here's 10 fast facts about a Bigfoot. There are more than 12 different kinds of Bigfoot in the United States alone. Uh, I'm not aware of that. <laughs> I know, right? There are legends that go back 3,000 years. Wow. The original Bigfoot apparently made a sound like a steam engine. <laughs> I think it was a steam engine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, some people claim that Bigfoot has psychic powers. No. Some, be- <laughs> some people believe that Bigfoot buries their dead, and that's why we don't see their food. That's fair. Oh, I like this one. Bigfoot may use chupacabras the same way as hunters use bloodhounds. <laughs> so um, the chupacabra catches the prey and then the Bigfoot eats it. I'm, st- I'm still picturing chalupas on legs. <laughs> Bigfoots communicate through tree knocks. Okay. They might be a surviving member of a presumed extinct race of ancient apes, which I would believe that. There were some really large ancestors of apes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, that, I can go for that one. Back that that seems somewhat logical. More than the Chupacabra one. <laughs> yeah. They apparently really like apples. There's been people that swear <laughs> that in vineyards, Bigfoot show up and just eat all their shit. And they're like, God damn it. Apparently, they also like blueberries. So, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the most aggressive Bigfoot is in Appalachia, and it's called the Wild Man. It is supposedly eight feet tall, 500 pounds, completely covered in black fur, and it's not afraid of people. It is a close relative of the Midnight Whistler, which I don't know what that is, but with a worse temper. So a different type of Bigfoot. In the 1700s, the Shawnee claimed that the wild man was responsible for the deaths of seven members of their tribe. It sounds like it's like a little bear. Yeah, it does sound like a berry. (laughs) A berry. A bear. Sounds like a bear. And then the last one is, of course, the Loch Ness Monster. Everybody knows who she is. I'm going to say she's a she. And uh, I was about to say, like, how do you know it's a she? Like, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. I'm just going to call it. She's like the diva of the cryptid world. Everybody knows her. The Ursula of the cryptids. So not only does she get protection from poachers under the provisions of Scotland's 1981 Wildlife and Countryside Act, which makes it illegal to snare, shoot, or try to blow her up. But the old girl helped out one of her distant relatives in the process. So apparently in 1985, the Scots received a request by the Swedish government for guidance on how to protect their lake monster called the Storjo monster. So they made a big council, they talked to each other, and they created a protective species act. But that actually fell through because the Swedish government... Pass the legislation, but people actually repealed it and they challenged the law claiming legislation was not necessary to protect an unproven species. But Nessie is still protected today. So Swedish one's not, but everybody else is. Crazy. I know. I did not know so many of them had laws. Uh, and I've heard of the White River one before, like growing up, but I always heard that once they built all the dams, the water got too hot and it died. Oh. Childhood stories right there. But I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of waterways have been changed by dams and yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, in my research I discovered several Arkansas ones like the Ozark. 
some Ozark mount, like two, I've discovered two different cryptids in Ozarks. One was absolutely proven as a hoax. The other one is actually still a tall legend. Huh. That might be in the next mini. Ooh. So, you ready for that, y'all? <laughs> I do like a good Ozark story. We got a lot. Like I said, I mentioned it briefly, but yeah, my mom growing up, people used to claim to see a Bigfoot in <laughs> North Central Arkansas. A Sam Squanch. <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of, especially Arkansas, nobody lived there. So, I would believe it. I mean, they probably all died out or moved because now everything's so, you know, urban. Yeah, but some of the stuff is kind of believable. Some of it's not so much. Uh, I bet Whitey was just like a giant gar. Even the seal actually is kind of believable. Yeah, it's all those rivers are connected to the Mississippi. So, well, yeah, there's always some sort of grain of truth. Normally, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say to all of them, but there's normally like some grain of truth with like Loch Ness. I know. They, they saw that photo, so that helped solidify it. And then, I don't know, or like you said, it probably was some type of huge fish. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's, it's just blown out of proportion. Especially, I imagine, with fishing. Because, you know, first you catch a fish this big, and it's like three inches. But when you tell a story, by the 12th time, <laughs> that was a six-foot motherfucker. That you, yes. had a, you had a wrestle to catch. But, like in my hometown, the catfish by the dam... Because of the water and stuff, they would get like six feet long. So, you know, I, I've heard stories of people catching them. I don't think I ever want to see catfish that big. Yeah, <laughs> just like the ones by the dam, they used to tell stories of people caught them before. So, yeah, a fish can get enormous if they're not being fished and they have unlimited food. Yeah, mm. depending on the environment, I guess. Yeah, I've seen pictures. It does kind of look like a guard to me. Which guards are fucking terrifying. I don't know if you've ever seen one in real life, but those, they got like alligator teeth and they're big. Oh, mouth. yeah. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. No. Do you not, do you not like <laughs> But yeah, these are really cool. Let's see. What did we learn today? We learned that cryptids are real. <laughs> Some are protected by law. <laughs> Some are protected by law. And then there's a watch out for the Oregon mosquito lady. Yeah. She'll suck your innards. And the, sound yeah i don't like the coming through the roof thing you're not even safe in your own home i don't like the sound of it like <laughs> sounds gonna creep me out more than anything because yeah. you're always like what is that and when it's on you're like oh it's that and then you just get the knife and you go stabby stabby you know whatever but the mystery of it that's what's gonna get you yeah no yeah it tricks you you don't know mm-hmm. it's coming if you can't hear it oh, I also think that we've learned that part of our charm is not pronouncing words correctly. (laughs) I concur. (laughs) I hope y'all do too. (laughs) Uh, I know we have like a couple of listeners in like France and all these other countries we talk about. Like, please, please don't hate us. It's not in any disrespect. If anything, that's why we cringe so much at our own. Yeah. Yeah. Pronunciation issues. It's difficult when you have like an Arkansas Southern accent and you're trying to learn a language. It's very difficult because our English is not normal English. It's not proper at all. Yeah. Like I tried to learn French and just, it just doesn't come out. <laughs> it just, 
hillbilly takes over and I sound dumb. It, I was embarrassed because I know when I did the Russian stuff, it was so bad. And then I saw we have a bunch of Russian listeners now and I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, or just laugh with us. That's all, Ash. Just laugh yeah. with us and and just we'll just call it what it is because we're aware. <laughs> we are. We have respect, but hopefully you laugh. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be failing like that, like this, than talk super pompously like I know everything. Because hmm. there are some people that overly pronounce stuff all the time, like croissant and so. <laughs> Instead of croissant, I'm like, you can just call it what it is, man. You don't, you're not trying to impress anybody. <laughs> or it's not working. It's, you're, it's not working for you. I mean, we're just who we are. <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> Couple hillbillies, basically. Good old time. With crazy, weird, historical fascinations. And so you're welcome. All in all, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you learned something new. I know. I'm I was I'm very excited about cryptids being real, apparently. And mm-hmm. and the law thing about law of protection. That that is crazy. I'm like, I, I had no idea about that. Yeah, well I started with like sea serpents and then I was like, Oh yeah, the White River had one and then I started reading about the legislation. I was like, Holy shit, who else has one? <laughs> <laughs> Just escalated. I was like, Whoa. This that is, is crazy. crazy. Yeah, it, it's wild. So yeah, um, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I will post, we'll put on our sources and our websites like we do. And I really recommend reading the the real cryptids, the weirdest cryptids that turned out to be true. That's the title of the one. It's just because this, this the author of this, Brent Swanser, did a great job researching them. Those are really cool articles here. I think giraffes have to be some somebody had to think that's not real. Like you see a giraffe and you're like, <laughs> you describe it to somebody. There's no way somebody thought you were telling the truth. Uh, someone I saw this online too that the comparison of a unicorn, like it's a lot. Of, okay, forget the magic part, but it's a lot easier to believe that a horse had a horn. You know, we have rhinos, so why not have, like, an athletic rhino, basically? Yeah. But yet, we have fucking giraffes. (laughs) I mean, if you put the two and two together. Yeah. Or on a horse. Or a giraffe. Yeah, nobody would believe you. Gangly legs. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Or the platypus, even. Oh. I just want to pet one. I, I know they're so cute. They're so cuddly. <laughs> I know. Be my friend. I know. I just, like, I just want to love you. I don't think I've ever seen one in person. I need to figure uh, out where was that. I remember I had a book when I was a kid of like weird ass animals. And I remember it had the platypus and the blue footed booby. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a fun name. They're all these like yes. wild animals. I'm like, those are so fun. <laughs> You just, you imagine if there's some greater, greater being out there, whatever you believe in. It's like when they put these little animals together. (laughs) (laughs) This one's going to have a bill. Also lay eggs. (laughs) I know. It's like, it's like if if God created that animal, he just hit the shuffle button. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what popped out. And he's like, all right, just push that out there. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a fun thought. You have to get creative. <laughs> Can't all be the same. Or that was like the interns. <laughs> Jesus' intern made that one. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's, Sorry. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that's the. I hope that's the deal. We find out in our afterlife the real Alan- story. Alanis Morissette made it. Made the platypus. <laughs> if you've seen the movie Dogma, you would get the reference. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Alan Rickman made the giraffe. I love Dogma so much. It's one of my favorites. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's a good one. I like it. Mm. I like a good, uh, oh, fuck, I forgot his name. Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Uh, Are you talking about Silent Bob? Yeah. I never remember his name. I know it's Kevin something, but yeah, Silent Bob. He has a podcast, Batman on Batman. (laughs) 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 It's a comic book nerd thing. He geeks out about shit. It's really, it's really funny. A good title. I'll give him that. Oh, so much fun. Anyway, before I derail more comic book stuff, thanks for listening. You know the drill. Join Patreon, social media, email. It's all historical AF pod. You know how to find us. If not, just Google us. We're Googleable. Googleable. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we still have our contest. So if you join Patreon, you can win stuff. Yep. And uh, of course, now we have our patreon guests like how we had stacy this past week and that was she was so great and then we had frankie d he was awesome too and i can't wait to see who we get next our random drawings just love it be on the podcast join us (laughs) tell us your social security number (laughs) yes just kidding secrets i didn't like frankie's answer i think it was two (laughs) that's fair Okay. David was like, I forgot. I'm like, oh, you could do better than that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it could have been a square. Like, it just could be something random. Carrot. <laughs> <It's> whatever. Giraffe. <laughs> I know. Right. I, I want, okay, maybe uni- unicorn now has to be on the bingo sheet. We had sparkly unicorn slippers oh, with Stacy, okay. and now horse with the horn versus giraffe. Yeah. I will make sure that comes up in more conversations so people can take shots to the word unicorn later. Unicorn. Uh, yeah, Tears from the Grave did unicorns on one episode recently. Nicole did it. I was like, huh. I think she had the same point. She's like, if you had to think between a unicorn and a giraffe, you're going to fucking pick a unicorn. It's a good point. It's valid. Or any of those other animals on that cryptids list, like the giant squid. 40, over 40 feet giant squid. Oh, and they got those little beak things. Yeah. Like oh. a bird squid. Bird octopus. Yeah. Octopus. Like a fucking, oh, bird beaks scare me. You know, I used to work at PetSmart and I'd have to deal with the parrots and stuff. And sometimes they would be mean because they were not trained and people would return them as assholes. But like birds <laughs> can bite through bone. So if they're pissed at you, they could snap through your finger. So Ugh. it was nerve wracking. Bird beaks are no joke. <laughs> that hurts my fingers thinking about it. <laughs> Most of the time they were babies, so they hadn't dealt with anybody but us. But we were trying to like train them and like be nice. But I always in the back of my hand, I'm like, you could take my hand off. <laughs> <laughs> you could, yeah, you we, could end we me are, right We are not on the top of the food chain, y'all. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be a little bit afraid. Just afraid <laughs> enough to be cautious, not to paralyze you. Watch out for those Bigfoot. 
big feet. They like apples. (laughs) (laughs) Hide your vineyard. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I I need to read that list over again or re-listen to this. I mean, reading that list. because A lot of those, I'm like, how? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm going to post the the thing I found that from because I do go into detail for some of them, but I knew for time's sake I couldn't do all of it, but I was like, huh. Okay. <laughs> I really enjoyed that part. I mean, it was all good, but that part, that one got me. I'm like, you know. <laughs> he likes apples. I mean, so do I. I had apples for breakfast. <laughs> I'm not going to sneak into your vineyard. <laughs> How much of this aiding Davis are you going to leave into the episode? Because we went from cryptid monsters to plants. <laughs> not a lot. Patreon okay. is a wild ride. <laughs> I add a sensor beep in between each additional thought that I cut out. So it's like beep, and then it's like a wild tangent. That's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. just curious. <laughs> pretty much, I am I am sure yesterday's episode will be the largest deleted scenes we've ever had. <laughs> so, Because I think the first David's was like 30 minutes. I'm pretty sure this one's going to be like an hour of extra, because we had two hours. Oh, yeah. So. Two and a half. It was a long... A long night. It was, it was funny. He's really sweet. I like him. He is. He's a he's a good dude. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, thank you. Thank oh. you. Check us out on our all of our social media. Email us stuff. We always Please. want to hear from you. Please. Please and thank you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>